should learn more, right? So why don't we give him a hand as he comes and shares the word this morning. Praise the Lord. Is everyone all right? Everyone's doing well? Fantastic. Just turn to your neighbor, say good day. Let them know what your Australia Day plans are. So yeah, do your best, g'day, mate. Ask them if they're coming to the barbecue, and if they're not, give them a bit of, give them a bit of trouble, a little bit of a nudge. Don't mind me; I'm just getting something ready. Ask them, ask them, see if they're coming. There you go. Anyone has a neighbour who's coming to the barbecue? No one. Four people up the front. That's more food for me. I don't mind. I was at a I was at a talk recently, and um, one of the questions were about being vegetarian. You know, what does the Bible think about it? And and I was like, oh, dang it, Lord, please, I pray that being a Christian doesn't mean I have to be a vegetarian. I was just like, my theology was confirmed. It was fine. It's okay to eat meat. So I'm looking forward to the barbecue. If you're wondering why I was talking about that. I wanted to start with um, just saying, um, often we think the man up the front is this fantastic, um, great man, great holy man, like the person who grabs a mic and starts to preach. I, I feel as though we're in a culture where we elevate the person up the stage. Um, and and I, think, I think it's great to give honor um, to, to the one sharing the word and, and, and honor for God's word. Um, but I also wanted to share, I am not a great man of God. Like, I am not a great man. I'm a weak man with a great God. And you take God out of my story and I'm nothing. You know, before Jesus in my story, I was just a big time follower, a big time wannabe. And I still am a follower. It's just the one who I'm following is worthy to be followed. But um, I, I just wanted to break any kind of mindset in any of our minds of, of thinking that's, that's you, Aaron. That's the guy up the front. You know, the guy who's sharing this kind of stuff. You're so disconnected from me and my walk with God. It's not true. I have a secular job. I work in a school. I'm not paid by the church uh, um, to, to, to love people and live as Jesus lived. And I don't think that's the call of Christians, you know what I mean? Like, or if I get paid to, to be a pastor, then I can live the life God really wants me to live. But until then, I'll try my best. I don't think that's what God encourages us to do. Um, I think, yeah, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10, Paul actually says, I am what I am because of the grace of God. And I'm standing here with the presence of God on me, and that is my confession. I am where I am because of the grace of God. God's grace is not just this undeserved favor towards me. God's grace actually has power to change me. You know, people often think that the grace of God enables us to sin. Oh, I could do this because God will forgive me. I know the heart of God. Yeah, you know, it's okay for me to be in this. Yeah, I'll turn around one day and I'll give my life to Jesus later on because He's so gracious towards me. But real grace actually grabs you in the midst of your mess and turns it into something that reflects Jesus. And anyone here who's ever been grabbed by the hand of God, who's ever been touched by the grace of God, will testify to that. Well, you will say, man, I am only here today by the grace of God. And maybe that's just you're sitting in a place where we gather to worship Jesus. And you go, I'm only here because of the grace of God. And, and I want you to know that that's my story. I'm not this, this man who was you know, set apart and it's so much more easier for me. I, I stuff up and I do things that I wish I'd never done. And there are so many moments where I pray, you know, when I'm a good, in a good moment with Jesus, I'm like, God, take me now because I don't want to sin against you. 
I don't know if any of you have ever prayed that. I'm like, I, I want to die right now, God. I'm not married and I don't have kids and I don't have a house. I don't have, but God, I would rather die right now than, than have the potential to sin against you. Because God is working something in my heart to love him more. That's what the grace of God does. And, it, and I'm telling you, I'm not there yet, but I know that God is, is moving in me and he's doing great things. And, and that doesn't have to be just my story. It doesn't have to just be the guy at the front's story. That's, that's the testimony of every Christian, every child of God. Amen. I wanted to, um, but before I you know, really got into the message today, I wanted to just, I feel like I've got a few tangents this morning. Um, I hope that's okay with you. Is that all right? Fantastic. And just grab it if it's for you. Um, Jesus in, in Matthew chapter 13, he, he tells a parable, he tells a story about a sower, um, for our context, a farmer, um, and seed and soil. One type of seed and four types of soil. And for those of you guys who know the story, um, Jesus has crowds of thousands coming to follow him, coming to hear him, coming to see him work a miracle. And Jesus tells them a story about a farmer that lasts a few minutes. And people are left going, why the heck did you just tell us a story that lasted three minutes about a farmer when we live in an agricultural day and age? We know that, Jesus. And people went home so disappointed. But the story goes like this. There was a farmer and he had seed, one type of seed. It was good seed. And as he scattered this seed, it fell upon four different types of soil. One type of soil was the path. It was a path that was, was trodden on, and, and uh, over a period of time, um, you couldn't plant anything on it because it was where people would walk, and the ground was so compact and compressed that the seed couldn't actually go into the ground. And the Bible says that birds came, and it just grabbed the, the seed that fell upon the path. There was another type of path, and it was a stony kind of soil. Sorry, another kind of soil. It was a stony soil. And what happened was this soil hadn't been worked on enough. And there were stones in the soil, rocks in the soil. So when the seed fell among that kind of soil, by the time it tried to grow, it could only grow to a certain um, height. It could only grow to a certain amount. And when the sun or, or, or the rain or any kind of wind would come along, this, this plant that, that sprouted would just be blown over or get scorched or be destroyed because the roots weren't able to go down deep because of the rocks. As the farmer kept scattering, some soil fell among thorny ground. And the interesting thing about thorny ground is you can plant something significant in and amongst thorny ground. But eventually, the Bible says that, that as the plant grew, so did the thorns. And the thorns grew around this plant and choked the life of this plant out. And then some seed fell among good soil. And it produced a harvest. A great harvest. And Jesus drops the mic and leaves them with that. I wonder if you came into church this morning and you would be okay with Pastor Andrew sharing a farming story or maybe a business analogy and allowing you to go home with just that. I wonder what that would do in you. I wonder how frustrated you get. I wonder if you go, Pastor Andrew, I paid my tithe and I expect you to teach me something about Jesus. Because so often in the church, in a Western culture, that's how we think. Pastor, I will put my money in the offering and you feed me. When that's not God's intention at all. That's not what Jesus sets up for us when he dies on the cross. Amen. I loved it. I, I remember Pastor Andrew sharing uh, a, 
a few weeks ago, a few months ago now, sharing about the temple and how Jesus didn't die on the cross only so that we would continue gathering in something that we would call the temple anymore, but rather that the temple would be taken out to people. I love that because that's what happened. That's God's intention, yet we fight so hard to bring back the old school temple. We treat this place like it's a holy building and there's certain things that we can and can't do in here. Certain things that you would be okay with people doing in here. Certain, peop- certain things you would not be okay with people doing in here. If we were to watch an inappropriate movie, you'd be like, you can't do that. If someone's to swear in here, you, c- you can't say that. Someone's to smoke up in here, you can't do that. Talk inappropriately, joke inappropriately, act inappropriately, wear something inappropriately. Yet we would go out and do all of those things and think that that's okay. This is no longer the temple, church. This is the temple. That's another tangent. I hope that that resounding, you know, did something with someone. This, this message about the soil and seed is that there is one type of seed that's scattered and four types of soils. And I really believe that we actually choose what kind of soil we are. We could choose to be someone who sits and listens to good seed. Every time God's word is shared, that's good seed. Every time. It doesn't matter if you read it and you don't understand it. It doesn't mean it's not good seed. And God's word says that whenever his word goes out, which is seed, it will always produce something. And my, my question just this morning before I really get into the message is what kind of soil are you going to choose to be? Are you going ch- to be a soil that just allows God's word to come and sit for a moment and then be taken away by the enemy? Just in one ear and out the other. You know, you actually have the, the choice whether if that's you or not. Some people have got rocks in their life and there's, there's priorities, there's, there's, there's things in their life that they just won't allow God's word to go down deep. Maybe, maybe your rocks is that you're too busy. God, I don't have time for your word to go deep down enough. I don't have time to, when I go home, think about what was actually shared this morning. I don't have time for that, God. I did my church thing. Maybe that's your rock. Maybe your rock is a relationship. Maybe your rock is something that's just not allowing the things of God to really go down deep. And for a moment, there's God fruit. For a moment, there's things in your life where you're like, oh yeah, I'm about this God life. But then when something bad comes your way, you just blow away with the next wind. Maybe some of you have chosen to be thorny ground where there's things in your life that fight for the, the, the priority, fight for the throne of your heart. Things where if you said, God, if you told me to give this up, I couldn't do it. That's a thorn. And one day you will have to choose between that thing or God. And I'm telling you, God's word says that he's a jealous God. He is a jealous God. I remember wrestling with that, thinking, how can God, who is good, be jealous? And then one time this man was saying to me, he's like, Aaron, I'm jealous for my wife. She's jealous for me because we belong to each other. You see, we are God's creation. We belong to him. So he can be jealous for us. Are there thorns in your life that you're allowing to be in there? Or are you the good soil this morning? Where when God's word is shared, you just go, I'm going to receive it. I'm going to let it go down deep. I'm going to work on that. I'm going I'm to put water on it. I'm going to fertilize it. I'm going to surround myself with people going to help me grow. Because God's word is good. And every time it's shared, God wants to produce something in me. Amen? So what kind of soil are you this morning? It's not even the message that I wanted to share. Again, another quick little side note. I feel like just the Holy Spirit just downloaded a few things in my heart. I've been reading through Ezekiel, and, um, and I'm, I'm realizing more and more how the prophets just said the exact same thing, just in a different way every time. 
And I felt like a little bit like that this morning where there's a, there's, there's a few messages that I've shared a few times and God's just like, share it again. <laughs> All right, Lord. Um, I wanted to share a little bit on faith and expectation. Did you know that faith equals expectation? Faith doesn't necessarily mean it's, it's religious and it's linked to something religious. If you're taking notes, if you have a smartphone, I'd encourage you to write this down. If you've got a great memory, then you can keep looking at me the way you are. <laughs> faith equals expectation. There's certain things that you expect are going to happen 100%. Certain things that you are believing are going to happen, and there is no religion attached to it at all. Just things that you're expecting to happen. I, I use this analogy sometimes because um, I know that in my fridge, there's certain things that I know that I know that I know. No one's going to clean it out. It's there. I don't know why my parents have it there. I don't know why I haven't done something about it, but it's there. Certain things in the fridge, you, you just I know it's going to be there, and I don't know why it's still there. It's got a hold in my fridge. There's a stronghold around it. I can't even reach it. There's certain things in our life that it's like, I just know that I know that I know this is going to happen. I know when I go to that person's place for lunch or dinner, they're going to talk to me about this thing. I know when I, when I go to church, they're going to ask me about this. I just know that I know that I know. Do you know that's actually faith? It's having this 100% certainty that something will happen before it even happens. Did you, did you know? That's the kind of faith God wants us holding on to His Word with. That we go, okay, it might not have happened, but because you said it, God, I'm going to hold on to it and believe. 100%. Did you, that's faith. Romans chapter 12, verses 2 says, Do not be conformed any longer to the patterns of this world. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We are transformed by whatever we think. Did you know that? You begin to change because of what you believe, good or bad. And the Bible tells us that we actually have authority every over every thought that enters our mind. We have the authority. Sometimes we don't feel like we do. Sometimes we feel weak. Sometimes we feel as though, I just can't do it anymore, God. But the Bible tells us we have authority every, over every thought. Every thought that exalts itself above the things of God, we have the ability to take that thought and make it submit to the will of God. Whether or not if you're accessing that kind of authority is up to you. My question is, do you have faith for that? Do you go, yeah, well, you know, if God's word tells me that I have authority over every thought that exalts itself above God, I believe I have that kind of authority and I'm going to begin to walk in that. What are you having faith for this morning? What are the things that you are believing will happen 100%? Like hands down, it will happen. What are those things that you're believing in? Good or bad? Maybe just let's do this really quickly. Just close your eyes for a few moments. And what are the things, and, and I'm not even talking about things that you would attach to God right now. Just what are the things that you are believing 100% are going to happen? Is it something you're going to eat for lunch? Is it what the office space is going to look like when you go back after holidays? Is it something to do with the kids? Is it something to do with a friend? Like, what are the things that you are believing 100% is going to happen? Because my question to you, church, is what are you believing? What are you believing? 
can open your eyes. Um, the title of, of the message for today, if, if, if again, you're, you're into titles, I know I've kind of noticed sometimes people do titles, sometimes they don't. Um, I've got a title and, and I've titled it, Starting the Year Well. Write it down if you've got a smartphone. Starting the Year Well to Finish the Race Well. Starting the Year Well to Finish the Race Well. Everyone's got that? Yeah. Starting the year well to finish the race well. I'm going to race through this because there's something that I believe Holy Spirit wants to do a little bit um, before we finish the service today. Starting the year well to finish the race well. I've heard people say, um, it doesn't matter how you start. It matters how you end. And that's true, and I fully agree with that. It doesn't matter about how you start. What matters is how you finish. And I, I agree. I'm, like, I'm fully with you. But if you don't start somewhere, you're never going to finish well. My man Brandon over here, give us a bit of a wave to my boy Brandon. Um, he's, he's got a YouTube, not YouTube, he's got a YouTube channel as well. And he's got an Instagram, God's Truth Follower, a little shout out there. Um, a few, few weeks ago, um, he, he posted this video about if God's put something in your heart, go for it. And it's interesting because... The Word of God encourages us. Today's the day. T- today's the day of salvation. Today's the day to choose. Today's the day to choose life. While you still can, choose life. Choose the things that Holy Spirit is leading you in. And God doesn't want you to just choose in the hype of the moment. He wants you to sit down and think about it. But you've got to make a decision. And sometimes not making a decision is actually making a decision. Bystanders have made a decision to do nothing. People in their walk with God who go, I will decide later, have actually decided not to follow God right now. That's a decision. Doesn't matter how you start, it matters how you finish. But if you don't start somewhere, you'll never be able to finish well. And I do believe that I'm talking to a room, majority full of people who believe in God and, and you're walking with the Lord and so you might be like, Aaron, why are you talking to me about this? We'll get there. If you have your Bibles, pray to the Lord you've got your Bibles. Um, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 6, verses 25. We're going to read to 33 and I'm reading from the ESV in case if you were wondering why it sounds different to yours. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 33. And it says this, yeah, Matthew chapter 6, verses 25. I'm going to pray because I love talking to Jesus. <laughs> but God, we just thank you that you're in this place. I thank you that before we even turned up, God, you were wanting to do something here. You're wanting to move in our hearts, God. You're wanting us to change the way that we think, God. You're wanting us to renew our minds this morning, God. You're wanting us to do that every day. And Father, I I just pray that as we read through your word, it's not our word. As we read through your word, God, I pray that you would speak to us. I pray that you would open up the curtains, um, that we'd be able to see what it is that you're trying to say, God. Without you revealing truth to us, this is just some book, God. 
and nothing happens to us. But God, when you open up our eyes to see what it is you're doing, God, it changes our life. So Father, I just ask even now, if there's anyone who's not leaning in, if there's anyone who's not desiring to hear from you this morning, God, would you do something in their heart? God, let them lean into what it is that you're wanting to say to them this morning. I pray that they'd be open and ready hearts to receive your seed that is good. I pray that they would choose this morning and I would choose this morning to be good soil to receive what it is you're wanting to plant in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It says this, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. Or other versions may say, do not worry about anything. Now, I don't know if you're a Christian here or not, um, but if you are, then that means you believe in God's Word. That's everything. That's the table of contents. That's the maps at the back. That's everything. I believe in God's Word. And what's interesting is that this is a command from Jesus. It's a command. Do not worry. And I just wonder, like, growing up, I felt like there was so much fairy floss around this. It's like, well, yeah, I know God says do not worry, but it's okay to be worried about certain things. Like, that makes sense that you're worried about it. But for those who are walking in Christ, those who are led by the Spirit of God, those who would call themselves sons and daughters of God, this is a command to you. Do not worry. What you will eat, what you will drink, or about your body. What you will put on is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns. And yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you, are you not of more value than they? And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? And why are you anxious about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven. I don't know who's cooking grass, but that's random, Lord. It's a farming terminology. If you seek into it, it's great. Um, will he not much more clothe you, O of little, o you of little faith? Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? And check this out. For the Gentiles seek after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. Verse 33. Let this be written on your heart. God, do something, Lord. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all of these things will be added to you. I could literally finish there, and that is more than enough for 25 days to just eat. And if you're like, eat God's Word, yes, Jesus calls Himself the bread of life. He also calls Himself the Word. When you read this, it feeds your soul, it feeds your spirit. And there are so many people who are weak. I know that every time I'm not reading God's Word, I am weak. Because it would be as though going without food for my physical body. How could we imagine to live the life God has called us to live if we're not receiving our spiritual food. My first thing that I want to share on, the first word there is seek. Matthew chapter 6, verses 33. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. It's almost like if I seek the things of God, if I seek God first, then 
all of these things is a byproduct of following God. And it might not happen the way I think it should. I might not get the things I think I should get. But I need to realize that if my life is in God's hands, I can trust Him with what happens. That first word, seek, in the Greek, it, 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 it says um, to search, to desire, to demand. Check this out. To investigate. To reach a binding resolution. But seek first the kingdom of God. And I pray to the Lord that none of you had a really late night and you're falling asleep this morning. Because this will really change the way that you begin to live if you grab a hold of it. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek. What's that? To desire. To demand. To search through until you get a resolution. And I don't know if we've done that in our lives. Where we are so adamant to find a resolution to following God. And, and it gets better. Seek. The second word is first. And that word in the Greek uh, translates to before or at the beginning. And God's kingdom is sovereignty, rule, and kingship. Sovereignty, rule, kingship. Let's put it together. What we need to do first, right at the start, before anything else, is go God, I need to figure out how to live my life where you're the king. That, in accordance to God's word, Jesus' word, is what we need to resolve in our hearts first. Not what we will eat, not what we will drink, not where we will live, not what job I'll do, not how I'm going to lead my family, not how I'm going to resolve this issue over here, not if I'm going to get my body fit or not, like not if I'm going to say, you know, make these new year's resolutions and whatnot like jesus tells us the first thing you need to do the first thing right at the start before you do anything before you make any resolutions before you begin to spend any kind of money before everything at the start you need to find a resolution how to put me as number one Give me that sovereignty in your life where I have rule over you, where I have sovereignty in your life. And I just go, God, like, I'm beginning to understand that in my life, but I don't know if I've lived like that before. With that's my first number one concern, my thing that I'm wrestling with before I go out and live my life. I feel often it's something that I get challenged by when I walk into this building. Something I get challenged by when I, when I intentionally hang out with people who love Jesus and, and encourage me and sharpen me. But it's not necessarily something that, that, that I believe many people in the West who will call themselves Christians have resolved. Where they go, I know what my resolve is. I have decided to give Jesus everything. The Word of God says that your most reasonable act of worship is to give yourself as a living sacrifice to God. That's what the Word of God says. And I just think it's so interesting how often we get bombarded by, by so many different thoughts, so many different ideas, so many different opinions from the world, um, where we begin to fall into a pattern of this world, a pattern of thinking. And God's Word becomes something that's just in the background. I've heard people say, um, myself included, I've said this, um, that, it's not about rules, it's about relationship, right? It's not about rules, it's about relationship, right? And I would like, forgive me if you're like, where is he going with this? Um, 
I used to say that. You know, it's not about rules, it's about relationship. Um, in my expertise of dating almost two years, the most amazing girl in the world, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Pastor Andrew, Pastor Marianne. <laughs> Guys did well. Um, I've realized that there are actually rules in relationships. <laughs> I was about to say, and every husband said, no. <laughs> <laughs> We haven't been to line, ladies. That's it. There are rules in relationship. Rather, I should say this. There are healthy rules in healthy relationships. There are healthy rules in healthy relationships. Certain rules couples put in place to grow in intimacy with each other in a God-honoring way. Certain guidelines that you just go, hey, let's do this because we want to grow in our affection for each other in a way that honors God. In the way that honors you, in the way that honors your family, in the way that honors our, our friends, in the way that honors our, our, our leadership, in a way that honors God. Like we put these rules and these guidelines in place. And, and, and I just wanted to just drop this this morning. Starting the year well so we can finish the race well. Again, for those of you guys taking notes, my first point is this pray with God. Please. Hear me when I say this, don't pray to God, because that assumes that you don't leave space for Him to speak back. I don't know if you have a relationship where someone just talks at you, and it's not much of a relationship. And if that's your relationship, go and find counseling, because it's not going to end well. Healthy relationships is both speaking into it. So pray with God. My second point is read God's Word. And the reason why I didn't say read your Bible, read your word, which often we say it's, it's just a terminology. Sometimes I feel as though we begin to devalue just how, how precious, how life-changing, how beautiful this actually is. Uh, all good, bro. All good, all good. I'm about to finish as well. Um, I'm so sorry for going over time. but And the third thing is pursue him. I don't know if you've been in a relationship and you feel like you're the one doing all the work. But when you have two people who are pursuing each other, that's something that's beautiful. You want to start the year well to end the race well? Pray with God. What does that mean? The amount of time that you're talking, do you give God that amount of time as well? Jesus taught his disciples a 20-second prayer, but yet would spend hours with his heavenly dad. That's got to teach you something. That's te- I'm convicted by that. Because so often I feel as though it's more important for me to tell God what I need than for God to tell me what He wants me to do in my life. It's interesting because so often um, we want to make God a priority in our life, yeah? I want God to be the priority in my life. I I don't think that's actually biblical. I think God wants all of our life. And He dictates what we prioritize. And, and I don't know how that settles in your heart. Maybe you need to allow the seed to go down deep and go to God's Word and say, God, that guy just said something that frustrated the heck out of me. I don't even know if it's biblical. I don't even know if it's true. Good. Go into your room and close the door and spend time with the Lord and allow Holy Spirit to speak into your heart. Are you some surrendered and half-hearted in your walk with God? Or are you wholehearted and all surrendered to God? Close your eyes, church, for a few moments. I think some of us need to do business with God this morning. And maybe there's certain things that you believed in your heart 
certain things that you were just like, yeah, God, this is just my lot in life. This is just how things are going to be. And I believe this morning that God wants to renew your mind. As you've heard the truth straight from the word of God, the way, he ought, the way we ought to live, the way we ought to think. I believe that some of us need to do a little bit of repenting. Repenting is where our mind is changed about the way that we thought. And we used to think a certain way, but now we've heard God's truth and, and we change our thinking about it. Because when the, you change the way you think, you change the way you live. So just right now, just in the presence of the Lord, maybe you just got to do some business with God. there's anything you can do to get right but how do you need to respond to God this morning whatever it is whether if it's to kneel whether if it's to stand whether if it's to you know I don't bow I don't know whatever it is maybe it's to sit in your seat I don't know what it is but I just believe we need to respond to God and maybe maybe if you were someone who was you know half-hearted you didn't give everything to the Lord maybe God was just a priority before but he didn't have your whole life in his hands Maybe today and right now is a time to do business. 
to pray in your heart to get things right with the Lord. Is that your prayer, church? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Come on, lean in. Come on, make that your prayer. Sing it from your heart. with our eyes closed, I really believe that, I really believe that God wants us to know that He's not okay with a half-hearted walk. I don't think He's even okay with 99%. And look, if you're on a journey and you're like, man, I'm just taking it step by step. And I, I desire to give God my whole heart. Well, that's okay. Like God's got grace for that. And God will continue to work on your heart. I, I'm talking about the people who, who have resolved in their heart that it's okay. It's okay to just give God most or some. God's not okay with that. And He loves you. And He's done everything He needs to do for you to follow Him, for you to walk with Him. And He's a good Father who loves you. Andrew, I feel like we've got to wrap it up because of the time. And so maybe we just call it officially finished. Just maybe 
Holy Spirit's still doing stuff and maybe if people want prayer, you could just stick around. But um, yeah, we love you, church, and we believe in you. Your pastors are praying for you constantly. Connect group leader loves you. And so, you know, God bless. Have a great week. Come to the barbecue. It's going to be fantastic. But um, if you want to stay a little bit later, that's okay. Is that okay? Yeah. We'll have people who will be here to pray. And, and um, yeah, we love you. God bless.